This episode is about ritual, the practices that we do in our lives that make us feel connected, beautiful, whole, and free. And when is ritual at its best? I talk about some of the rituals that I have, as well as those that come from my ancestry, and invite you to do the same. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. Speaking of ritual, one of my most favorite and deepest rituals that has stayed with me across time, in and out sometimes, but always comes back, is working with my dreams. I've been fascinated with my dreams from the first time that I remember dreams. And it's actually two significant dreams that I had last year that brought me to the feeling of freedom and inspired me to take my first step into a a location-independent lifestyle. It was these dreams that brought an image of Chiang Mai, Thailand and invited me to really (laughs) indulge in the idea of traveling and Chiang Mai being the first place that called to me. So as I explored these dreams, it was clearer and clearer to me that I needed to travel and that Thailand was actually the place to begin. It was such a profound and unspeakable experience when I rode a little one-gear bike across this bridge in Chiang Mai and looked at this river and saw this image that was practically exactly the same as in my dream. It was so validating and confirming to me that I was following the call of my spirit. I was following what was true to me. And so with that, I met an amazing travel partner and traveled the world for this last year with him, created this podcast, released more beliefs that were limiting to me, and found even more freedom in myself. This year has been about freedom, all starting from the desire that was shown to me within myself through my dream world. All this to say that dreaming is one of the passions that I have. I love working with dreams with my clients because every time we touch in and go deeper, it just opens up this depth of something we already know about ourselves that was waiting to be fully embraced. So I'm so excited to share with you these classes. They're video classes on dream work. And the first one is on Skillshare. It's a platform where you can access all sorts of tutorials, video courses, and classes on any topic. And so this first class is about awakening your dream life, creating intentions around dreaming, 
and how to remember your dreams in the best way, the key to remembering your dreams, which is the embodiment piece. So check it out if you're interested. It's 35 minutes long. You can access it at candicewu.com slash dreamclass1, the number one. And with that link, you can also sign up for Skillshare for free to access this free class. It's free until the end of January 2019. And there's also an offer to sign up for Skillshare for two months for free for the premium membership if you check out that link. Again, it's CandiceWu.com slash dreamclass1. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. By the time you're listening to this, it's already a couple of weeks into the new year, and I'm just wishing you all that you're having the clarity and support for yourself that you'd like for this year. This episode is about ritual, and it's just such a lovely time to think about ritual and bring that into your life if you don't already. And chances are you actually do have many rituals that you're doing day to day, depending on how much meaning you place to them or attention you place to them. Rituals can be so nourishing. Before we jump into it, let's just start today with a little ritual of tuning in together. Letting yourself have this time to listen in and nourish your soul or your spirit or your inner being and take this time to just let go of whatever the rest of your day includes just the space and time for you and in connection with me here i invite you to just to sense into yourself and notice how you're doing And invite yourself to a space of softening in, softening around your edges or where you're holding tension, and leaning into gentleness, kindness, and a sense of being that just allows you to be without changing anything, without doing anything, without any pressures on yourself just to be here and now. Right now, as I'm recording this, I'm still in Germany, and I'll be very shortly shifting over to Ireland, where I'm going to be taking care of four horses for a woman who's a nurse. And that taking care of will be quite a ritual because I'll be cleaning up horse poop every day and feeding and bringing them back to their stable at the end of the night. And so uh, this is a daily thing that I'll be incorporating into my life. And I'm really curious how it's going to impact me just doing what's at hand, being in my body, tending to the horses and collaborating with them. And inviting myself to be as present as I can be to uh, the experience of that. I'll also be learning natural horsemanship, which I'm super excited about and somehow feels like it's in my soul to know how to be with horses, yet uh, hasn't quite been unlocked in this life yet. So I'm going to be on that journey and 
thinking about how I can also incorporate more ritual that can invite my spirit to be alive and present each day. So what do you think about when you think about the word or the activity of ritual? It's been a question for me ever since one of our listeners has sent me this question, which I absolutely love. If you're out there listening, thank you so much for this question and uh, idea. And the question is, I've been pondering the role of ritual in embodiment. Is it the thing that kept cultures in the past embodied? Or is it our lack of it, especially in the U.S., that's causing us partially to be not so embodied? I love receiving questions like this because it challenges me to think about different angles of what I've learned and who I am, what I see. And I invite you all to do that because it's not that I'm the expert or this person asking the question is the expert. We are each our own experts of what our experience is. And with a ritual, that's a very unique and personal kind of experience. I think the biggest question that I have for myself and for you is what rituals do you have right now? What are they doing for you? And what rituals would bring you in deeper connection and wholeness, peace and love for yourself, if that's what you're looking for? Or what rituals can bring you towards that which you desire in your life? As I think about the rituals that I have, there are some that bring me embodiment and some that bring me um, distraction when I need it and some that just get me mindless as well as some that feel really precious to who I am and allow me to soften into a space of love. So you might have already guessed some of those rituals like going on Facebook and Instagram and just scrolling. That can be a very disembodied kind of ritual. We can take any action, any series of actions or gestures or performances and make them into a meaningful experience that helps us get in tune with a feeling, with an experience, with a a dimension of ourselves, a dimension of the universe. Or we can take that same ritual and be numb with it, let it be a way to avoid connection with ourselves or with others. Anything can be used in any way. So ritual itself isn't necessarily an act of bringing connection and embodiment. It's just where is your attention and where is your awareness when you're doing that ritual or activity. Anything can really be a ritual. I think that one defining character of ritual is that it's something you do repeatedly, whether that's once a month, once a year, once a day. And it's not exactly characterized by a formality like that many people are doing this ritual altogether, but it can be. It can be a very personal experience. It can be a ritual within you and another person in a relationship, a friendship, or a romantic relationship. It can be with your family, something that happens together. 
or with community, a larger group of people that all acknowledge that this has some meaning, whether that's a shared meaning, plus personal meaning, or if it's an agreed upon meaning that happens in a shared space. If we think of ritual through history, through culture, through ancestry, there have been an incredible amount of rituals that have been healing and supportive of embodiment, and so many also that have been traumatic. So thinking of healing circles and being in a drum circle or doing the daily ritual of dream time where you come together and share pieces of dreams, fragments of dreams, or stories that you have in your nightlife and you dream for one another and associate to each other's dreams, that's an experience of ritual that can be incredibly empowering and bring a lot of life and support embodiment. Greetings are a ritual, handshaking, or the way that different cultures might greet each other and honor one another when you meet a new person or when you acknowledge someone that's important or acknowledge anyone for that matter. Meditation can be a ritual, the act of being still, going inward. The different practices that one might do, like yoga, movement of the body with awareness, dance, qigong or reiki. And way on the other end are rituals that have been traumatic to the body or traumatic to the spirit. Different rites of passage like circumcision or mutilation of body parts to signify a transition into the next step of life. Perhaps that gives a sense of belonging and movement forward transition, yet it also to the body can be extremely painful, scary, and just our natural instincts of protecting the body and the integrity of the body can turn on and leave a scar, can leave a a shift in the nervous system that tells us that we're not quite safe or we, we weren't at one point. I was looking up different rituals and different cultures that were interesting and different. And it's not the experience that makes something traumatic. It's whether the person had a reaction that was incomplete or unresolved around it, if it was overwhelming or scary. So not all of these experiences might be that way. One of the things I found was on Easter Sunday, churches in Chios, Greece, shoot fireworks at their opposing churches to hit the bell of the other church. And there's also a story of Muslims in western India in a town of Solapur. They line up their babies off of a 15-meter tower in a shrine and catch them with a white sheet. This ritual has taken place for more than half a millennium, according to BBC, and it's, it's believed to make the children grow up healthy and strong. And the claim is that there haven't been any injuries during this ritual for over 500 years. And what we know about babies' nervous systems is that they're not fully developed. They're just beginning, and they need the support of loving, attuned, and regulated caretakers to support their nervous system to develop so they can self-regulate. 
And the experience of being dropped 15 meters might be terrifying. We don't know, but it also is a nonverbal experience. So the babies can't quite tell us if it was scary other than with their emotions, if that's something that they feel permission and safety to do, which is all a very intuitive and sensing experience. If you have the message in a family that crying isn't okay and you must be strong and and not cry, a baby might not cry. So this is generalizing a lot and assuming a lot, but that is one experience that a baby could have while being dropped 15 meters. While this is not my culture and I don't have the proper understanding from within the culture to truly give honoring and meaning to this ritual, I just want to bring light to the idea that some rituals might have a benefit and some also might have a a wounding effect if something is not resolved about it. There are also some other modern types of ritual that we might consider in our idea of ritual, like hazing in a fraternity or sorority or grouping or the running of the bulls in Spain or other countries, weddings. There are certain ways that we like to um, mark a transition or a commitment or an experience, a celebration. Christmas can be a ritual, the way that you celebrate or not. And all this really leads me to the idea of belonging. When we have a community that agrees upon said rituals or unspoken rituals, when there's an unconscious agreement or even a conscious one, if we are part of this greater experience, we can feel like we belong here, that we are part of something, we're not alone, and this shared experience can be so powerful. But at the same time, shared experiences like that, if there isn't the flexibility to be oneself and to speak and express the truth of oneself and how you feel, it can be extremely stifling, shaming, or um, a feeling of guilt to step out of the bounds of what is the agreed-upon experience, to step out of the sphere of belonging, what makes you belong within a group. And so if there is pressure to do a ritual or to believe in something or to do something that doesn't feel right to you individually, then that pressure can cause a traumatic experience. It can bring shame. It can bring fear to really be yourself and speak up for what feels right for you and aligned for you. So I think this happens on very subtle and overt levels in society as well as within our family systems. Just think about what are the things that you feel are right or interesting for you that you might fear judgment from a certain group of people. You might fear judgment from your family or fear what they would do. Maybe you don't even let yourself have the thought of doing a certain thing or having a certain experience or believing in something because 
the people that you grew up with or the community that you were embedded in doesn't believe it. We can obviously see that very clearly with experiences of difference, of sexual orientation, of gender, identity. All of these can bring up that kind of experience of stepping out of the sphere of, the sphere of belonging. So where does ritual fall into this? What are the rituals of your family system that you love? And what are the rituals of your family system that don't fit with you and that you'd like to do differently? Some of the most beautiful ritual that I've experienced in my life come from family constellations. That's part of why I love doing that work because it brings an honoring an acknowledgement of what truly is existent, what's the truth, where someone belongs and fits into the world. And something as simple as a mother looking at their daughter and stating that you are my daughter, you are my child. Or for one part of the ancestry or a person to acknowledge of another person exactly who they are and how they are, how they want to be seen, honoring our position and our role, giving us clarity and anchoring us to a sense of belonging, but also giving the freedom to be and do it exactly the way each individual wants to do it, to honor one's fate, to honor one's choice and autonomy and freedom. In family constellations, we set up experiences where we can do that kind of honoring and acknowledgement. And whether it's with the real people or not, whether it's with strangers or not, we can, we can use the power of that acknowledgement for our inner acknowledgement to strengthen and fortify what we acknowledge within ourselves. Some of the most connecting and important rituals for me have been around loss, death, and grief. How do we honor our grief together and individually? Can we be together in a space where all of our emotions can be seen and integrated, acknowledged, and honored, treasured even? So I feel that ritual at its best brings us towards a feeling of being and honoring ourselves a sacredness, a beauty and awe of connection. A connection that brings congruency to your inner and outer being. Something that you can do that supports you in feeling embodied, feeling the truth of your being, your wholeness. Or something that bonds and links humanity together in shared purpose and acknowledgement. That may be between you and another person or a small group of people or with a larger group and community. Ritual is also celebration and honoring of something, of an experience, a way of being, celebration of yourself in who you are and just that you exist, aliveness. It can be mindfulness, just being aware of your presence and treasuring your breath each moment. 
I believe that ritual supports belonging and freedom to be oneself at the same time at its best. That it has the space for unique expression, as well as the sense of connection with others and with self. And it can be a very co-creative process, a collaborative process between self or others to find what is unique and special, what has meaning, and what feels just right in the moment, letting it evolve and breathe over time. The power of our attention, where we place our attention, is so strong. And the more we dip into something that's important to us, the more fortified it becomes. So when we design something and allow it to be a ritual in our lives, the more that it happens, the more we choose to to give it its meaning and to feel its meaning, the more strengthened it is, the more beautiful it can be. But to leave that space where it can transform into a new format or a new shape. So I'm most interested in creating and engaging in rituals that mean something to me and are nourishing for me, as well as bring me a feeling of honoring myself and some purpose that feels right to me at the time. Rituals can be clearing of the past or healing. Rituals can be identifying and acknowledging. So why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we doing this ritual? And how are we doing it are two important questions. Honoring ritual in this way honors that each of us are such unique beings that we come into this life with a very specific imprint, an energetic signature, a desire to do what's very meaningful to us, to learn the lessons that we want to learn to experience what we want to experience, and what can support us along the way. What small and simple actions or acts, what practices, and what acknowledgments can bring us towards that which is ourself and reveals ourself. So before you take some time to explore your own rituals, if this is of interest to you, I'm happy to share some of the rituals that I have and that I have had in my past as well. For me, most of the rituals that I have incorporate the body at this point in my life. I love feeling and being in my body and using actions to support that. It wasn't always this way in my life. I remember early on just learning to journal And using my mental capacity to reflect on myself was a a start. Also, talking to my friends on the phone and exploring themes of my life, that was also part of the beginning. But as it got deeper and deeper into my healing, I felt that the embodied practice, the feeling inward of all of my being was really important. When I began learning Ayurveda, I fell in love with Abhyanga massage. It's a warm oil massage from head to toe, touching in on all sorts of marma points or acupressure points that can stimulate the energetic channels in the body and support feeling in the body, support the body being present and taken care of. And that was what it was for me. It was taking care of myself. It was 
feeling into my body and getting to know each part of my body. Where was I holding tension? How did it feel to massage each part? What allowed something to release and soften in my body? And how did I feel afterwards and just enjoying that? I come back to that ritual from time to time and it brings me a feeling of connection and love for myself. And same with having salt baths like Epsom salts or Himalayan salts, just letting my body be in water, be in warmth and enjoy it is a really loving thing to do. At some point in my life around eight years ago, after I had started doing some deep healing work, I was able to connect with what I was feeling inside and speak it to other people. So one of the rituals that I had for myself was to sense into that each time I was with someone and to speak honestly about what I felt. And that became just a moment-to-moment ritual. I enjoy connecting with what I feel and allowing myself to listen, ask myself what I need, and to imagine the healing I need. So healing rituals are very important for me, just being quiet, tuning in, and feeling inward, and then letting whatever process I intuitively need come through. When I have healing sessions with others, like my clients or couples in relationships, retreats, or group sessions with several people, I open the space with love and open the space of connection with all of our relations that want to give us wisdom, all the parts of us that want to come through and be honored, and to have an experience of tuning in together like that really brings forward understanding, clarity, compassion, and gentleness, and this feeling of being in touch on a spiritual level. I also like to use my pendulum a lot. That feels like a ritual to me because it feels like I'm getting in connection with a deep knowing in myself, and I can let it be confirmed or disconfirmed with my pendulum. So if you know that practice, it's using something um, like a stone or a necklace or an object on the end of string or a chain to let the body tell you if it's a yes or a no. Related to applied kinesiology, our being, our muscles, our whole energetic system either resonates with something or doesn't. And I've loved asking myself questions when I'm making decisions or when I'm just tuning into what I need to do today. There was a time in my life where I was feeling into love and beauty, appreciating myself, and the lotus mudra was something that gave me that feeling. You can look it up online. I'll attach it in the show notes as well. The lotus mudra The movement of that was so special and pleasurable. And then that end position of the hands underneath the chin opening up like it's a lotus to your face, it was just such a a way to honor my presence and being. I also spend a lot of time when I wake up 
and at night before I go to sleep, visualizing and embodying the energy of what I want to cultivate in my life or to be aligned with and just vibrating in that energy as I fall asleep or as I wake up. And as I speak to this, I also notice that as I've traveled this year and in the last couple of years, as I've learned how to feel more into the safety of my body and let my nervous system come down and release what it's held for for years and years, one ritual that I do is I just notice my surroundings and recognize in my mind and my body that I'm safe. And that allows whatever fears I have to start to shift, to um, trickle down and allow me to become aligned with the present moment. Other simple rituals I have are having tea with myself or my partner, making something warm to drink that feels nourishing to my body. And I imagine as I go to Ireland and work with horses that I'll have different rituals that I'm bringing forward and and using as I'm connecting with horses and building trust, developing the relationship with horses. The first thing I do is just make sure that I feel embodied and check in on how I'm feeling inside. And that greeting with the horse, that allowing connection to build, I'm curious what will what will come of that and what I'd like to create with that as well and what the horses will tell me about it. One last ritual I want to mention today is connecting in with my spirit's song and dance. In the last few years, a lot of emotions have moved through. A lot of healing has happened, closing up pieces of all sorts of parts of my life. And some of those have been traumatic and some of those have been very healing and celebrating. But what's brought me back to this remembrance of who I am and the sacredness of my specific being is tuning into that spirit song or soul song and dance. I just visualize the dance of my soul, the dance of my being, and what sounds or song go with that. For me, that brings me to an acknowledgement of who I am at the essence because it's so nonverbal. And sometimes I let myself just imagine it and, and feel into that energy. And other times I let my body move or I play a song that resembles some part of the feeling that I want to have, or the feeling that connects me with my soul song. And if I broaden my ritual set to my ancestry, what comes through now is the rituals around food and what food can mean for different times of the year and, and what we're honoring. During the time of the winter solstice, my mom usually makes dumplings and sticky rice ball soup. I don't, I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's the best thing I can call it in English. But it's made of lots of vegetables and a meat broth and we roll up these um, sticky rice flour balls that are kind of like dumplings. They're a bit chewy. And we um, make this into a soup. And those circular balls and also other kinds of dumplings that we eat represent wholeness and connection, being together. 
I also love the experience of honoring my ancestors by going to the cemetery with my family and celebrating this person's life, our relationship with this person, and bringing all the foods that they loved to them and offering it to them wherever they are. So sometimes that's bringing drinks, coffees, teas, and other drinks that they like, uh, bringing different foods that they loved when they were alive, and burning paper money. Sometimes people go really over the top with it and bring a huge feast. Um, my family and I like to keep it simple but clear to what the person loved when they were alive. It's really sweet and fun and delicious. So these are just some of the rituals of my ancestry and myself over the years. And let's take some time. I invite you to notice and get connected with what makes you feel connected, beautiful, whole, peaceful, or still. What makes you feel joy or in tune with yourself? Are there activities, rituals, practices, small actions that bring you to feel pleasure and freedom or to uncover more of yourself? What sounds, actions, smells, experiences make you feel like you're returning home to yourself? And I invite you to just notice throughout this week, throughout this year, what kinds of things bring you to that feeling of yourself and connected with the purpose that you have in each time period of your life. It's really about noticing those things that have meaning to you and giving them even more honoring and presence so that they can continue to give you life and to nourish you. And remembering that this is all a practice. It's uh, coming back gently when you've forgotten or when you've lost connection with something that means something to you, a ritual that means something. I stopped doing yoga, yogasana, like practicing poses for a couple of years. And even though I teach it sometimes, I don't always find that I'm connected with it for myself. But in the last few weeks, I've really renewed that connection and it feels so good to just be in my body, feel my muscles stretch, feel what's coming through and the emotions that move with it and to really use it as a tool to release, to get in touch with my truth and be soft, gentle, and loving to myself. So with this new year setting into motion, what ritual do you want to have for yourself? Can you just choose one small thing that you give presence and attention to? Is brushing your teeth in the morning with a special toothpaste or oil pulling in the morning a ritual that you can do to support your body, to give yourself wellness, or to feel healthy? What small thing brings you pleasure that 
you can acknowledge in yourself as a ritual. My teacher, Jim Kolkowski, said that the purpose of life is to give meaning. And that suggests that nothing really has meaning but what we give to it. And our human existence is offering all the freedom in the world, in the universe, to give meaning to the things that we want to give meaning to. And to acknowledge the places where we've given meaning and those don't align to our present day self anymore. They might be a part of the past or might be a part of an unconscious part of us. But as we bring things to awareness, what meaning do we want to apply? Totally taking up our freedom of possibility. So how can ritual support you in your own freedom? How can it be an expression of your inner possibility, inner authority, and inner knowing? So in this next few days, I will be offering a few simple rituals that you might incorporate into your daily life. These rituals will be tuning into yourself and asking what you need most right now. I'll also offer a practice of self-massage, choosing a part of the body to support, nourish, and get to know a part of the body that maybe is calling or crying for healing. And there may be another one, a surprise one. Let's see what I come up with for the rest of this week. So feel free to tune in and also share with me your rituals. What are the little things that you do for yourself? What are the big things you do for yourself? What rituals are you connecting with with loved ones? What rituals bring you a sense of identity and community? As we close today, I want to offer just a couple of breaths here together. A moment to just integrate any part of this experience, this conversation that sticks with you now, that resonates, that you'd like to explore. And I invite you to give a feeling of honoring to yourself, a thankfulness to yourself, gratitude. Just a couple of moments of appreciating yourself for all that you are, for your existence. And as we close today, I want to remind you all of your worthiness, your worthiness to receive the pleasure of the actions you take in your life, and the worthiness of choice, the freedom that you have to create what you want in your life, create the actions and rituals that feel good to you and that express your inner being. And that feel truthful to you. And let's embrace that freedom together. 
the freedom that we each have, the freedom that allows us to be ourselves, that is not connected to any race, any gender or sexuality. It's the freedom of our human existence. I want to thank you all for tuning in today and for offering up your time and space to receive something from these podcasts. If you're listening in for the first time, I invite you to check out the other podcasts that have been published all year. And all of these are designed to focus on one topic, one specific topic, and each topic might bring some guided healing experiences that you can feel into and practice with me or meditations that I offer all to support you in whatever it is that you're moving through on your life journey. Each podcast has a little update of where I am, so that's more present time, but all the topics are meant to be able to be used at any time and to be repeated as a ritual if something really resonates for you, for a time or for life, whatever feels right for you. If there are topics that you'd like to hear about on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me at CandiceWu.com. And if you want to be informed of the podcasts of self-love notes, updates, as well as the offerings that I have, retreats, the dream class that I mentioned earlier, you can sign up for my newsletter at CandiceWu.com slash embody. And be sure to check out the dream class that I mentioned earlier. I love dream work and it is one of the most beautiful rituals that I have for myself to tune into my dream world has brought me so much wisdom, life, knowing of myself and love for myself as I explore all the dimensions. Sometimes dream work can be uncomfortable. It brings forward dark parts of ourselves, the shadow aspects, but uh, this is what is life-giving. It's an energy that wants to be reclaimed and the dream classes that I'm creating on Skillshare are going to dive into that exploration. So stay tuned for that. You can check out the class that I have already that's for free until the end of January 2019 at candiswoo.com slash dreamclass1, the number one. Thanks so much again, and I'll see you all next time on the Embody Podcast.